Talk to an artist is part of 723 Ministries at Lovers Lane United Methodist Church. To support our continued work in West Dallas, text LLUMC to 77977 and designate the funds as 723 Ministries. Thank you for helping us continue this important work. Welcome to Talk to an Artist. Uh, my name is Macy Liptoy, and I'm the pastor of 723. And today I get to talk to Poppy Zander. Uh, Poppy has been performing at Art Stillery's Art Cultivation since almost the beginning, I believe. Is that correct? Almost. I think I started about two in. Maybe I was at the right. second or third one. I don't It's been yeah. at least 14 of them, I think. Something That's like. fantastic. Um, so yeah, so been basically since the inception of this. Um, so for people who haven't had a chance to attend our cultivation yet, which if you haven't, you should, um, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do so people can get to know you. Okay. Um, I'm Poppy Zander. I play piano. Uh, I play piano at Art Cultivation, which is one of my favorite places to perform um, at that variety show. I play in a bunch of projects in DFW, um, and I've created uh, Helium Queens, a space opera, which is a project I'm focusing in on a lot right now. And also Poppy Zander and the Chamber Rock Ensemble. Those are my two original projects on top of um, playing with a bunch of tribute bands and uh, working, doing studio stuff. And I also teach piano. That's, there you go, guys. If you're looking it. to learn, here, here you go, great teacher. <laughs> so you're super involved in a lot of music stuff and a lot of creative stuff. Um, was there a lightning strike moment, I call it, when you like fell in love with music and knew that, oh my gosh, I got to do this for the rest of my life kind of deal? I think that for me, there were like, there have been many lightning strike mm -hmm. moments. Um, they continue on. There are a few memories that I have um, of music being something that became really like integral. Um, you know what? Are you going to chop this up? I can. Can <laughs> or we can be really authentic about that. this. We're like totally wrong. No, you're fine. I'm having like a major brain fart. I need to. <laughs> I feel like I need to look it up. We just like. <laughs> I'll leave this all in so people can see the authenticity of it. No. Okay. Yes, this is gonna be great. Um. So if the, so you said that you know there's lots of moments you think of. Um. Can you tell us about a story of like a moment like that where you had that kind of. Uh, yeah. Okay. So I remember, um, you know, when I was a kid, um, I went to, I was in the church of Christ as a mm -hmm. child. And so there were no oh. instruments allowed. And were you really, no, I went to a church of Christ university. It was. Wow. It was intense. Yeah. Um, and, but I remember, you know, there's no instruments. There's nothing like that allowed, but there was this one song. Couldn't tell you what it is now. And this one woman would sing like the soprano descant. Mm -hmm. and, and she would like go for it and like that was definitely the coolest thing and like even the pastor acknowledged her at the end which is very surprising because like they didn't do a lot of that and um I, I remember that I remember um uh you know 
I started practicing and playing through these little like Alfred books when I was a kid. And, um, you know, I, uh, I, I just was obsessed. I was totally obsessed with piano. I don't know. I, I don't know. The lightning strike moments, you know, they happen. Like I remember getting like a, one of those classical music subscription CDs somehow, like, I don't know if, if mm -hmm. uh, somebody gave it to my dad or something like that, but it had like a, a Dvorak, Dvorak's Water Goblin. And I remember playing that on my little CD player and like freaking out, you know, I was probably mm -hmm. 11 or 12. And I don't know, there's just so many of those moments that happen, those kind of like lightning strike moments of just like, um, you know, doing it, but, yeah, I mean, and it's been, it's been complicated. Music is a complicated thing for me. So, uh, you know, I'm pretty, um, you know, thankful that the lightning strikes keep happening. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's so cool. I had no idea that you grew up with the Church of Christ. You know, they have you know, some struggles, but their, their music is really sick. Like, they can sing. I mean, I guess, you know, it, if that's what you want to take away from it to me i mean anti-woman yeah uh, that's the problem yeah i mean <laughs> yeah so, yeah that's the thing that's like four-part harmony if you want but that wasn't my yeah. takeaway um i just remember that one lady she she got it she yeah. got it going uh holly what was her name holly rademacher and yeah. i just I, I thought she was great um and uh yeah it was good yeah yeah they they, they struggle but you know Everyone's got their, everyone's got their uh, rough stuff and everyone's got their thing and it's, that's the world. I'm you know? glad I'm not part of that one. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad, glad you're moved on. I'm a product of it in the sense that I went on the complete other way, you know? Yeah. Uh, and if well, we're anything, glad you're, you know, part of our cult and part of this. Yeah. Like, we're so lucky we got to, you know, get you. Yeah. Well, and that's yeah. what I love about it is like, there's like an openness to it, you know? It's like, there's um there's like a there's just like an ability to be whoever you whoever you want to yeah. be there's no, nothing that says what you have to be and right. that was you know, always like the huge rebellion in my mind was like I clearly knew that what was being prescribed was not a reflection of what I felt even as a little person you know yeah. it was conflicting to me and um I wanted to do the the right thing but I just was beside myself you know most of the time um but anyway that's you know I mean that's pr probably a lot of you know having to like uncover all that kind of stuff as a musician you know that's part of the process that you know I'm able to have um now is kind of finding my own identity versus the one that was kind of given to me um and you know, trying to fulfill that caused a lot of like conflicts in me, you know, throughout my life, you know, I'm still undoing um, some of that social, you know, yeah. um, cap. Who mm -hmm. have coffee? Yeah. We'll stop pancake house. That's fantastic. Yeah. So I mean, what, what a reward that music, you know, has allowed you to kind of find yourself in a way that's you know new and um and really true to who you are you know and not something that someone has told you to be 
Um, so in our cultivation, you often, you know, you'll do maybe like last time we did sale from the sticks, but um, you have to do a lot of original pieces, which are really fantastic and very interesting. Um, and so I, I kind of want to know as a semi-musician myself, um, what's the most challenging aspect of composing pieces? And then on the flip side, what's the most rewarding? So like, what's your process for coming up with that new music? Yeah, so what's challenging I've discovered is um, giving myself the time. Um, really, I think that is the challenge. Um, you know, I don't, I love the process of composing. I love, you know, going through and like combing through and looking for clues, you know. Um, and I think that that is in and of itself the reward. Although I would say the biggest reward is like when, when the last thing finally clicks into place. And like, I know when that is, where it's to me performable. Um, that all of the parts are covered, the music's fleshed out, the words are fleshed out. But that all starts with, for me, just like one clue. And that clue may be um, a chord or a little snippet of music or um, an emotion or uh, something I'm going through personally. And I sit down and then there's a connection. And the connection then becomes, um, let's say, if, if there's like a, a phrase that is kind of repeating in my head and I sit down and I play, that phrase then can be connected to a piece of music. And then the music connects to um, a story. And then it, it starts to build. You know, it's like that clay and like the potter's wheel situation. It's like, you know, it, it starts off as just one thing and it develops, you know, and, and that's what I really love. It's like, you know, it's like a mystery that you're trying to solve. And I don't personally always know where these things, these songs are going to go, yeah. you know, it's like they develop, um, you know, it's a process. And the challenge is that I have discovered, and this whole thing of being in my house has made me realize that I don't spend the time that I want to, to create um, music. Cause it takes a lot of time. I can't just say like, when I get home, I'm going to write music. Um, usually when I get home, I'm tired. <laughs> um, and I, and I have the best intention driving in the car or in the shower. Those are the two places I have the best intentions for everything that's going to happen in my life. And then when it comes to it, it's like, you know, and so I've realized I've completely exhausted myself. And so when there are moments of free time, I really don't have motivation to use them. So, and not that I do now. Like, don't get me wrong. I don't want to sound self-righteous here. I haven't really composed anything in a couple of weeks. But sometimes you have to work on infrastructure and self-stuff because you don't know when it's going to come. But I'm learning that I'm going to have to make choices about composing. Am I going to go ahead and, like, do it and, and make it a priority? Um, or am I going to let a lot of other obligations come in the way? And, um, you know, I don't know, for me, there's one more thing, you know, I was, I was reading about, um, 
I listen to WRR at night, I think from like six to eight. Oh, what is his name? I love him so much. He has a show on WRR and um, exploring music with, I don't know, the greatest person on earth. I don't know what his name is right now. <laughs> He's so smart. And like, he like picks out things in like these classical pieces and like, analyzes them and he's been doing this I and mean, there's got to be thousands of episodes yeah. and um he did one the other day on box what's known as box um secular period where mm -hmm. he was working for a church and he was living in in kurt and he has five years of making secular works mm -hmm. and i just thought that was so interesting you know it's like i feel like there's these time periods like where we have to shift what our um focuses musically you know and um this is clearly a shift for many people in a lot of ways but i think um you know it has the opportunity to be one for um deciding what's important and um you know for me i think that you know i really want to give everything i have into uh original composition so, and teaching. I think that's another thing that is really, really important to me. Um, yeah. That's awesome. I didn't, I was going to check that guy out. That sounds like a really cool radio show. What's his name? We'll have, to, we'll have to put a link. Yeah, like at the bottom. So great. Yeah, it's from 6 to 8, I think, Monday through Friday. It's, it's, yeah. it's music, WRR 101.1. And I mean, it's just... Um, it's amazing listening to somebody who can really like find similarities and just the mm -hmm. incredible breadth of knowledge that guy has just yeah. is it's always inspiring. Yeah. I also think it's so fun about, you know, when we listen to you know, classical music, not like classical in the period, but just the general classical music is you find people who've, yeah, they've written in like motifs throughout the entire work and you're like, Oh, I, I remember that. And you, it points you back to stuff. And that's very interesting. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's so many compositional tools to look at. And that's another yeah. thing. Yeah, as, an, as, a, as a creative person, it's like, you know, when I listen to like that show or when I listen to music, it's like I start to pull out what's meaningful to me, you mm -hmm. know, what I notice, you know, which is maybe very different than what somebody else notices. But um, yeah. yeah, it's nice to hear somebody kind of break some of that stuff down in a really intelligent way. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So you kind of got into this in the last question of, um, you know, what, what gets you inspired to write, but if, um, is there like a story or some kind of moment you remember where um, you were so inspired by something someone did or something you experienced to write a song about? Because I, I imagine that there are a lot of people out there who, you know, are sitting in their apartments or their houses and thinking like, man, I'm just dry on inspiration. Um, yeah, totally. And I think that's okay. Yeah. You know, sometimes the inspiration is way bigger than what you're going on in the moment. I can't just always look around and be like, oh, I'm inspired by this thing right now. You know, right. like sometimes like you have to go through some in order mm -hmm. to get to the well of experience to draw from. And when you are in it, um, especially if it's like, feels like shock. Yeah. Um, that is a very difficult place to create from. I can create from pain and sorrow and heartbreak. I can create easily from there, uh, from emotional places. 
but it's very hard for me to create from a place where I don't have any, any bearings. Um, you know, and, and again, so part of my inspiration, I'll say part of my inspiration comes from things that I don't know that they are important right now, but mm -hmm. I am going to do them. So I may record a thought. I may underline a sentence. I may um, record a little something on the piano that I have no intention of necessarily ever listening to again. Um, but then, you know, with inspiration, it's like how, it depends on how open-minded I am, where it's going to come from. You know, um, if I'm willing to look back at those things that I've taken the time to mark out, you know, I can, I can go back and, and I will, you know, I, um, inspiration can come from anywhere for me, uh, you know, news stories. I remember one time, this is pretty like dark, but I read this news story about a woman who was like a, she kept the graves of a Greek cemetery. She was like, she swept them and she lit, they lit candles every night, um, you know, for these graves. And, and, you know, in Greece, it's like they had all the um, uh, refugees coming across. And so she would, this is just like, she would read the newspaper to find out how many people will be coming into her cemetery that she was gonna have to prepare graves for. And I was like, yeah, like you have to write a song about that, you know, mm -hmm. like that for me, you know, and sometimes it's like I, you know, I'm a big believer in underlining in books. Um, and I tried to give a stack of books away. I don't know if you saw the Instagram post I made. I was like, people mm -hmm. should read these books. These are great books. And then like, I started crying <laughs> and I, everybody claimed all these books. And then I had to message them one by one. And I was like, I changed my mind. I am so sorry. Like, I don't know what I was thinking. I let Marie Kondo get to me. She got <laughs> my brain for a second. And I had to, I had to realize, you know, and, and it's funny because, you know, I, I, I looked through some of that stuff and I, and I saw things that inspired me in that moment. And I think the other thing in inspiration is when that happens, that moment, you know, we all have these moments with a little feeling that sets to do something. And um, sorting that out can be difficult because sometimes that moment says to do something that maybe isn't such a good idea. Yeah. <laughs> but when it applies to music making, I think it's very important to make sure that you just, without tunnel vision, you just tunnel vision, you don't look or think about anything else, you go straight to your instrument, you tell everybody to, if you need to, somebody's trying to talk to you, like, I will not leave this little fragile place that's been created because that's where it's completely intangible, um, you know, uh, space, inspiration causes. And, um, you know, I have to go to it or else I miss it. It's gone. And if I walk away from it in the middle of it, I'm not going to get it back the same way. So I have to be, make peace when I leave that, that moment of inspiration um, that I've done what I can do. So, yeah, inspiration is... Um, yeah, it's something, and it's something we can develop too. I, I believe that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
Have you um have you read Elizabeth Gilbert's book, uh, Big Magic? I started reading it and yeah. I I um that's kind of the premise of that is 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 it kind of like a mindfulness looking for inspiration? She she yeah. talks about like that, the lady who ends up going being an ice skater, right? Uh yeah. So she starts out with like this um idea of like not being af afraid of creativity, but you were saying something that reminded me of like you need to really, when inspiration comes, you need to either capitalize on it, on it or let it go. And she talks about that, or like ideas will come to her. And if she doesn't nurture the idea, the idea will find someone else to Ooh, like yeah. find inspiration. And so it was just, it was an interesting thing. You were saying, you know, if you, if you have inspiration, you gotta sit down and do it right then. Otherwise, like it will fly away from you. And she talks about kind of the same thing. And she tells a story about how she had an idea for a book that she dropped and then someone else like picked it up and wrote essentially a simple a very similar book and she wasn't mad about it because inspiration found her you know so it's just very interesting wow. yeah it's interesting too like how um you know ideas yeah they do it's like we are kind of influenced in a way by some similar things so yeah the ideas do travel and uh yeah and again like it doesn't have to be i'm gonna sit down and write a song like it can just be as simple as you know me driving and talking into my phone mm. like a crazy person <laughs> like a crazy person i wrote a song on an airplane once and this guy looked at me the whole time and i oh, was just into my my phone and um you know like you couldn't hear it over the jet noise but i was assuming that you could hear it in the recording when i got home and fortunately you could and uh it was like but then like you could hear my voice like singing and like you know like you, or you know even if it's just one sentence of like total craziness you know um you never know when you're gonna come back and find that i journal i have stacks of journals right. um, and i go through them mm -hmm. and there's stuff in there that didn't make sense to me at the time or it made sense to me on a certain level and, and now I really understand um, more that now I can take it and develop it. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, so in speaking of, of developing pieces and coming back to stuff, um, when you compose a piece, you know, talked about how you reach a moment where the piece is performable, um, but are pieces ever really finished? Uh, do you feel like you you can put a stamp on something and say, this is it, I'm never coming back to it ever again to change it? Or do you feel like being open to the possibility of loving something and having it be perfect for the time that it is and then coming back to it and changing it is more kind of what you feel is your style or, you know, whatever. So answer as you feel. <laughs> yeah, um, I think that, um, yeah, does it change over time? You know, I think that that's why I have a, a, such a hard time um, painting. Mm. Um, I dated a painter for four years and um, he would, he told me, he was like, I know it's done when I put my signature on it. It's done after that. I can let it go. And he was very prolific. He would paint maybe 600 or paintings a year maybe um and was very successful and 
let me tell you, when I paint a painting, I'll probably work on it for four or five years. <laughs> I'm not joking. Or at least two, you know? And so, because to me, it's more like this process. Now with music, um, I know when it's done and performable, mm -hmm. but I believe that it will probably change over time to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, fortunately with music too, it's like you have the arrangement option. You know, when I go from playing a piece I wrote for solo piano and voice to playing it with a full band, mm -hmm. I, I may change the arrangement. Um, you know, we may play a piece a certain way and something comes up and it becomes a little bit collaborative in a sense. Um, so that I think is the beauty of song um, is that you can change the way you play. And I absolutely have changed the, my early pieces. I've re-recorded some of them and um, definitely plan on doing that and expanding them. They're, they're, they're good songs. Mm -hmm. they, they have to be expanded. But I will give you one example. There was a piece that I wrote. And at the time I wrote it about a relationship that... Um, I was really scared of losing. There was a lot of codependency for me in this relationship. And um, of course that relationship ended and you know, I was kind of able to find like myself again. And so unknowingly, I kind of changed some of the perspective in it to be more about you know, a bigger picture thing, because it made, it made more sense to me. Like, yes, the inspiration was this codependent situation, but then as the song evolved, you know, now I'm able to perform it and feel good about it because it, it's, it's really empowering for me. When originally it was not empowering, it was, it was the way to get out this feeling of, um, you know, emotional dependency. And now that song I never recorded either. So, and I, I think I knew that. I think I knew, even though I did perform it because it was ready to perform. I, I don't think I ever recorded it because I really felt like there was a bigger purpose for it. So yeah, you can change stuff. And like, you know, I, I love listening to like uh, writers in their later years that change music, you know, mm -hmm. um, you know, like Bob Dylan you know, he'll change just a couple words here and there. And it's like later in live performances all, I'm, and I'm all about it. And um, the other thing, I am terrible at memorizing lyrics. I am terrible at memorizing my own lyrics. I, I get distracted so easily mm -hmm. from performing in a public situation. Um, I perform with my eyes closed a lot and people get onto me for that. And I'm like, I just, it's so distracting. Um, right. I love it. I love the distraction. I love the people. And, and you know, but that's where some of the change comes from, too. Mm -hmm. So it's part of the process. Like, I have to, um, you know, who cares if you sing a verse twice? Who cares? You know, I mean, who cares if you mess up the words? Like, I, you know, not every single performance is going to be like the like the one that didn't have any lyrical errors. And like that to me is not where my bar is at. You know, my bar, my bar is, is 
now at like encompassing um, a full experience and feeling and being in the moment, mm -hmm. um, whatever, however that affects lyrics or solos or uh, whatever, you know, and that's, that's a process, you know, but that's kind of where I've shifted my focus because I used to feel a lot of guilt and like a insecurity and like I was a bad musician and I wasn't as good as so-and-so and so-and-so -and -so who know all these words to these songs. And, you know, for me, you know, that's just not fair, right? Yeah. So, you know, it's all part of the process. Mm -hmm where whatever your struggles are, like, they're fine. That's awesome. <laughs> well, what grace, you know, for you is like that we talk about, uh, especially during this time of kind of COVID of like having a lot of room for yourself to either do nothing or kind of just kind of be in this space. And so I think you really embody that by saying like, I get to perform and I change my lyrics. Like that's my prerogative. And that's perfectly like good. Not even just like fine, it's good, yeah. which is awesome. And nobody notices. And the people that do notice are usually like people who are huge supporters of you in the first place. I knew that was going to happen. It's fine. Always, like every, yeah. I have this one student and before our lesson, she'll text me like every 30 seconds. She's like, are we having a lesson today? Oh. What time? Do you want me to call you? Or are you going to call me? And I'm like, same thing every week, bro. Same thing. Do the same thing. She's just super excited to be to be in, taking lessons. She's super excited to run away and like spend half of the lesson running back and forth from the camera. It's, it's that's precious. It's a it's a thing. It's a thing. Precious is a strong word. <laughs> it's just I, I, kids are so funny. I like I find them very very humorous. <laughs> yeah, they're ridiculous. They all think uh, they have their own YouTube channels because we have like online lessons. Right. <laughs> We're like, well, hi, how are you today? Hi, I'm here. This is, uh, this is my piano. And I'm like, cool. This is great. I'm learning a lot. But yeah. <laughs> hi, welcome to my YouTube channel. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this week. Uh, <laughs> so a lot of people have been doing, you know, starting podcasts or like I'm doing starting web series during this time, um, or people are finding, you know, new ways to kind of uh, learn something or they're taking time to themselves. So the question that I've kind of developed to ask people during this series, um, if you could recommend one book or film or for you a uh, piece of music for everyone to read, watch, or listen to during this stay-at-home order, what would it be and why? Ooh, okay. So, you know, I, I had, a, when you asked me that, <laughs> I had a thought cross my mind that I'll share, but, yeah. you know, um, I don't know, you know, I haven't watched a single piece of film since this whole thing happened or anything on Netflix or anything. I haven't done any of it. Um, and I'm really bad about watching movies. I don't know. I'm really bad at it. But I will say one thing that I did was I, I went through every single one of my books and I picked them all up and I took them all out of the shelf and I flipped through a lot of them and I looked at them to see what I had um, and to kind of like try and like maybe, you know, get, you know, donate some things um, that I, you know, that I don't need anymore, you know, 
kind of let go. But I think what inspires me is not going to be what's inspiring to anybody else. I really That's truly okay. think that. And so I think what needs to happen, or I think what will be good, the best thing that can come of that is if you go, you know, wherever you are, and you go to your bookshelf, and you take out your books, and you find the one that speaks to you in that moment, and you open it up and you read it. Because like your interests are very important and um, you know, or even whether it's a book or a movie, it's like, or, you know, something to revisit it, you know, and to actually like hold it and put your hands on it and be with it. And then, yeah, I mean, yeah, if there's any piece of a book I can recommend, it's one that you probably already have that you've already always wanted to read. You just need to pick it up and, um, let it rekindle that desire again and, mm -hmm. you know, um, open it up, you know, and, you know, I've had a lot of guilt when I started looking through my books. So it's like, I should be reading and not being on my phone. And so now it's like, every time I think about, I should be reading, I'm like, then let's go get a book. Cause now you know what's there. Right. So, um, however, Right in the beginning of this whole thing, I did turn off all my overhead lights in my kitchen and open a journal that was empty. And I played a recording, a great recording um, of Mahler's first symphony. Oh yeah. And I cried a lot. I cry a lot every time I hear Mahler's first symphony, but like, especially the beginning of that, like, ugh. So, yeah, it really, I think that piece, you know, mm -hmm. if you want to do, if you want to do an activity, sit down with that beast and, um, and let it, you know, um, you know, go through you, because it's pretty cathartic. It, it you know, it, it goes in and it pushes out some things, I think. Um, but yeah. What a great, great recommendation. Cause I mean, I think a lot of people are fearful of, uh, of, you know, music that's not on current radio and that's so not the case. People should really embrace it. And so that's a good recommendation and a great suggestion for folks to do. Thanks. Um, so I have one last question. This is a question that you have not prepared for. So get ready. It's off the cuff. Um, and this is a question that I actually kind of stole from a podcast that I listened to. Um, she asked all her guests, and I think it's a great question. And so I'm interested to hear your response. I'm interested to hear, especially, you know, the state of the world that we're in right now, what the response is. So the question is, if you could broadcast one or two sentences, I gave the opener two sentences, <laughs> but um, if you could broadcast one or two sentences in the world and everyone would hear it, everyone would receive it, everyone would take it in what would that be? I know. <laughs> Find out what it is that you want to do and do it. That's it. I love it. That's fantastic. Yeah, give people permission to be themselves. Find out. That's a process. Mm -hmm. Find out and then do that. Love it. I love it. I wanna, I've told everyone, I want to put stuff on t-shirts. Like anytime a guest says, 
this is their sentence. Like I want to put it like on a wall and have a wall of inspiration. That's I'm great. Like, yeah. Great. Everyone's sentence. Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much for taking the time to join me. Um, this has been super fun and, um, I'm just so excited to be able to be able to get to know you more and get to do this. Yeah. Sorry. Our 15 minute interview turned into a 45 minute interview. It's fine. Everyone. I'm like, I'm like, putting out.